What space is space in? That's the question that my friend's eight-year-old asked her. He was studying the planets in school, and they were talking about space and outer space, and also my friend is a big Star Trek fan, so I know her son has was exposed to the idea of boldly going where no one has gone before. But this question what space is space in, threw her for a little bit of a loop. And so she bought some time by saying, what, honey? Even though she heard him very clearly the first time. But it gave him a chance to expand, and he said, well, if the stars and the planets and the nebula are all in space, what space is space in? That is a big question. During my time as a campus minister, we often said that we as campus ministers were there to journey with students as they sought answers for the central spiritual questions of their lives. Who am I and why am I here? Unitarian Universalists frequently, proudly announce that we are the religion that loves questions and questioning. One of the ways that we on campus presented Unitarian Universalism was to put up a big poster when we were tabling. Do you know what that is? It's when uh, all the org, all the student orgs come out and try to get members. That's what it is. Um, but table, it was the first time I'd ever heard of what ta- tabling as a verb. Uh, but we put up a big poster that said, got questions? So do we. Um, sort of to distinguish ourselves from other people who might have answers for religion, right? So we let folks know that we were not a place that offered set answers, but that we were there to um, to us to witness their own search for truth and meaning, and then we would wrestle with those questions along with them. And we did wrestle with those questions and with what the answers might be. We explored the mystery of creation and being. Um, at one UU campus gathering, we talked about beliefs in a higher power or God or the lack of those beliefs. And one student was just absolutely emphatic. And she said, I believe in God. I have to believe in God. I need there to be a God. I want to know that there's something bigger than me in the universe, bigger than a mere human being being in control. I know some of us can relate to that feeling, whether or not we share that belief. In seminary, the big questions went into um, philosophy with Immanuel Kant of the is and the ought. What is and what ought to be It was finding that balance of working with reality, actually truly how things are, and then how things ought to actually truly be. And the even deeper question then, why is there something instead of nothing? Why is there something instead of nothing? Who are we and why are we here? How does the universe work? Why does all this exist? How did we really get here? Well, Gordon McKeeman is, uh, or was a universalist minister. He has since deceased. He was the first real Unitarian Universalist minister that I ever heard preach. So he holds a special place in my heart. I fell in love with Unitarian Universalism in that moment. So he says that we must approach a mystery 
cautiously, reverently, hopefully, and quietly. He writes, how does one address a mystery? Cautiously. Let us go cautiously then to the end of our certainty. Where would that be for you? The end of your certainty. To the boundary of all we know. To the rim of uncertainty. To the perimeter of the unknown which surrounds us. Reverently, let us go with a sense of awe. A feeling of approaching the powerful holy whose lightning slashes the sky, whose persistence splits concrete with a green shoot, whose miracles are present in every place and moment. And hopefully, out of the need for wholeness in our own lives, the reconciliation of mind and heart, the conjunction of reason and pain, at reason and passion, the intersection of the timeless with time. And finally, quietly, for no words will explain the inarticulate or summon the presence that is always present, even in our absence. We used to think that all that existed was what we could see. Light, for example, we could see it, We knew it existed. But as it turns out, there are a few kinds of light that exist that we can't see. Most of which, well, I won't say most of which because how do we know, right? But some of which we know about. Ultraviolet rays, for example, are they exist outside the violet on the spectrum that we can see with our eye. They're so violet as to be called ultraviolet really, really violet, but now we know that we have to watch out for those UV rays and use sunglasses and hats and things. Sometimes scientists call the light that we can't see invisible light. How long did this invisible light exist before we knew it existed? Always? Or did it develop over time? And what light or other things, might be around us and among us and between us right now that we cannot know yet. What space is space in? Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson says there is nothing beyond the space we inhabit. It is all there is, and there is nothing outside of it. But all this space is expanding. In this moment, even as I'm speaking, there's more and more space all the time. Space is actually growing, he says. The empty spaces in the universe are getting bigger. But it's not filling what is already there. As the universe expands, it creates more space. It creates the new space, and then it inhabits that space that it just created. As for us, we are a speck. A speck on a speck on a speck on a speck. 
we are not the center of the universe. In fact, we don't know where the center of the universe is, nor where it is, or what the center of the universe is, or where it is. There's no middle. We're not the center. There is no center. All of space is stretching uniformly. There's no end to the universe. If we were to try to find an end to the universe, we may end up back at our starting point, or we could just keep going indefinitely. But Einstein's theory of general relativity relativity says that we will always look like we are at the center of the universe, even though we aren't. We may not even be the principal stuff of the universe. In fact, we don't even make up much of the universe, 4%. Apparently, we are not all that. But a former healing teacher of mine says, think about the universe, how it's organized, how it works, the sun, the planets, the earth on its axis, the rotation of the earth to make daylight and dark, the seasons, the oxygen which comes from trees that we can breathe, and the carbon dioxide that comes from us that the trees can use, and then the human body. Think about how our bodies work. Think about how your particular body works. The digestive system, the brain, the endocrine system, the circulatory system. Wow! It's all organized into a functional working entity. And yet when it comes to our own lives, he he says, my teacher, we want to make believe that it's completely random. And he would say, we are all that and more. And there is a mystery. That tension between being a speck on a speck on a speck on a speck, small and inconsequential, and believing that we are here to change the world. One of our six sources is direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. Direct experience, transcending mystery and wonder, moving us to renew of a, to a renewal of spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. Do you ever get so busy in your life, so consumed with what's going on in the world that you forget to be awed by it? That you forget to be awed by all that we are and all that we are not? I do. I have. Do you forget to ask what is and what ought to be? How do we love what is and work toward what ought to be? That's kind of what we're about as Unitarian Universalists. And perhaps it is just this, to remember to be awed by all that we do not know, that we may never know, to bow to the mystery and bow to the not knowing. How does one address a mystery 
Gordon McKeeman asked, cautiously, reverently, hopefully, quietly. But what shall I say, he says, anything, any anger, any hope, any fear, any joy, any request, any word that comes from the depth of being addressed to being itself, or perhaps nothing, no complaint, no request, no entreaty, no thanksgiving, no praise, no blame, no pretense of knowing or of not knowing. Just simply be in the intimate presence of mystery, unashamed, unadorned, unafraid, and at the end say, Amen. And so let it be that we say, Amen.